of the Lord. Today we are looking in the book of Deuteronomy, or as Pastor Tommy Barnett would say, the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 4 this morning, and just reading verse number 9 to get us started today. The book of Deuteronomy. I don't hear any pages. You see it up there, so no need to open yours, I guess. Deuteronomy chapter number 4 this morning. We're going to read verse number 9. The Word of the Lord says, Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Notice Moses said, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Using for a subject this morning, lest you forget. Father, we love you for the word of, thank you for the word of God. We love you and your incredible blessing upon our lives. Father, we just pray again today that you will enable and empower us by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to proclaim the word of the living God. Father, may we be reminded of some things, though we know them, lest we forget. We need to be reminded again and again and share them with our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. Father, for the glory of God, we ask these things. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Somebody said that getting old isn't for sissies. I mean, understand, things change as you get older. And life becomes more challenging. And there's some things that uh, take a while getting used to. Uh, like you and your teeth not sleeping together. You know, that's... Kind of hard to get used to, amen, like, like, like trying to straighten out your socks and discovering you're not wearing any. And your idea of weightlifting is getting up off the couch. I like this, one old fellow said, it's, it now takes longer to rest than it did to get tired. And happy hour is a nap. I like what one old fellow said. He said, I, I started this life out with nothing, and he said, I still have most of it. <laughs> In talking with older folks, because I'm not, so when I'm talking with older folks, most of them say to me that the hardest thing about getting old is the loss of memory. One old fellow said, he said, it's funny, I don't remember being absent-minded. Another old fellow said, you know, he said, I spend most of my time these days thinking about the hereafter. Yeah, he said, I'm always finding myself in a room wondering, what am I here after? But how many understand this morning? You don't have to be old to have a problem with your memory. For most of us, the things that would be better off for us to forget, we tend to remember. And the things that we ought to be remembering, we tend to forget. Let me read our text from the New Living Translation. Moses says to the children of Israel, watch out. Be careful never to forget what you have seen. Do not let these memories escape from you. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and to your grandchildren. And then Moses goes on to remind them of some of the memories that they would be better off not to forget. 
Well, there are three things today that I want to remind us of today. Moses reminded the children of Israel of some things, but there are some things that I want to remind us of today, lest we forget. The first one I want to remind us of today is who we are. We need to be reminded every once in a while of who we are. You say, well, pastor, who are we? Well, first of all, we're saints. We are saints. We are children of the Most High God. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10, it says, But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Who are we? We are saints today. We are children of the Most High God. Romans 8 and 16 and 17 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And He said, If children, then we are heirs and we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Who are we? We are saints today. Amen. We are the children of the Most High God. We are heirs and joint heirs of the kingdom. Who are we today? Well, not only are we saints, but we're sanctified. We are sanctified. Now, to be sanctified simply means to be set apart. The Bible tells us that God calls all of us to be separate from the world, that we are to be different. and We cannot adopt the world's philosophies and values. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, Paul writes, he said, Come out from among them uh, and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Paul said again over in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, And verse number 9 and down through 11, Paul writes, he says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, he says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor nor, uh, covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And he goes on to say, and such were some of you. But, say but, but you were washed. Oh, you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. You know, when I was a kid, the, the, the preachers, and I, I don't like to, you know, I, I do sometimes, I, you know, I feel bad about them, I don't want to pick on them, but, but you know, when I was growing up, the, the, uh, as a kid, the preachers preached a whole lot of legalism. Whole lot of legalism. Don't do this, don't do that, don't wear this, don't wear that, don't go here, don't go there. It seemed like they portrayed God as this big giant bully up in the sky, carrying a big club around and ah, just looking and waiting. Couldn't even hardly wait till we stepped out of line so he could beat us over the head with it. Did any of you grow up like I did? Well, you know, I'm going to tell you something this morning. The pendulum has swung too far in the opposite direction. Today's preachers are afraid to preach against anything. They want to be sinner friendly. Oh, they want to be politically correct. They don't want to offend anybody. Hey, hey, how many understand the truth is offensive? 
And you can't get a person saved until you first of all convince him that he's lost. In fact, the hardest thing to get a, uh, in getting an American saved today is getting him lost because he thinks because he's an American that he's a, that he's a Christian, that he thinks he's okay, that he thinks he's alright. Now, I'm not suggesting that we return to legalism, but what I am saying is we must present the truth. And the truth is God hates sin. And the truth is we as the children of God should talk, act, and live different than the world does. Come out from among them, the Bible said, and be separate or be different. Friend, our talk ought to be different. Our talk ought to be different. Ephesians 4 and 29, don't use foul or abusive language. Speak only that which would edify. Not only should our talk be different, but our walk ought to be different. Galatians 5 and 16, walk in the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But also our thinking ought to be different. Romans 8, verse 5 and 6, For those who live according unto the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according unto the Spirit the things of the Spirit. And to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Friends, lest you forget who you are, let me remind you, you are a sanctified people. You are a called out people. You are to be a righteous and a holy People, amen, God has set you apart from the world. So talk like it, walk like it, think like it, act like it. Because people are watching our lives. Do we walk, talk, and act any different from the world? Or is the only difference between us and them that we go to church every once in a while? Do we still talk like the world and act like the world and walk like the world? Or can they see something different in our life? Is there a separation from the world and us? Are we any different than the world? Talking about who we are right now. We're saints and we're sanctified and, and we're spirit-filled. We're spirit-filled. This is a Pentecostal church. A lot of people today want to hide the fact. They want to hide it. Don't want anybody to know they're part of the Pentecostal movement or part of the charismatic movement. This is a Pentecostal church. We're up and out in front about it. We believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit and we believe the initial physical evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you speak in other tongues. We don't think that's the only evidence. It certainly ought not be the last evidence, but it is the initial physical evidence or the first outward evidence or first outward sign that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you speak in other tongues. We believe in that. We believe that the promise that Jesus gave that was fulfilled in Acts 2, we believe that promise is still available for God's people today. Now we believe that all people that are truly born again, they are born of the Spirit. We believe they receive the Holy Spirit at the time of their conversion, at the time of their salvation. But we also believe that there is a separate experience. There is another experience that has come to be called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, oh, and this baptism or immersion in the Spirit empowers us to witness and gives us the power to do and gives us the power to be. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, you shall receive power. When are we going to get this power? Oh, Jesus said, after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay, Lord, what is this Holy Spirit power for? He said, and you will be witnesses unto me. Say, but pastor, wasn't, wasn't this promise just for the disciples? Wasn't it just for the early church? Well, not according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. 
It says, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise. What promise? The promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter said in Acts, uh, in verse 39, for this promise is for you. Yes, it was for the disciples. Yes, it was for the early church. Yes, it was for those that were there on the day of Pentecost. He said, this promise is for you, but he didn't stop there. He said, it's for your kids too. It's for your children, he said. It's for your children. It's not going to die out. It's not just for you, but it's for your children. And then he didn't stop there. And he said, it's to those who are afar off. In the Rue translation, it says, to all those who are in distant times and places. It's not just for the early church. It's not just for the people of that time. But for everyone in distant times and places, generations to come, decades to come, centuries to come. As long as it is until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit's evidence by speaking in other tongues is available to the people of God. If that's not good enough, he wanted to make sure that he was crystal clear there. He said, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm telling you that God is still calling men and women, boys and girls today, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive the endowment of power that comes from the Spirit baptism. Now let me be crystal clear this morning. That doesn't make us better than anybody else. And I hate that superiority spirit of people that think because they're spirit filled, uh, amen, that they're superior uh, to someone else. If you have, if you claim to have the baptism in the spirit and you have a superior spirit, amen, you didn't stay down long enough. You need to be baptized all over again. This doesn't make us better than those that do not embrace this doctrine, but it does partially define us. That's not all of who we are, but partially defines who you and I are today. Amen. As the assemblies of God, and more important than that, the children of God baptized in the Spirit of God. And although there have been excesses and there have been abuses down through the years in the name of the Holy Spirit, yet let us not shy away from the genuine and the real. And let me tell you that I pray daily for a genuine, authentic, heartfelt outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I understand what I'm looking for and what some of you are looking for is totally opposite because there are some people that have the opinion, you know, if people are falling down and if people are doing weird and strange things that you're having revival. Well, that may accompany revival, but that's not what revival is. What revival is is when lives are changed. There'll be things we can't understand. There'll be things that we may not even agree with uh, that'll happen uh, as people react. People call it, you know, a lot of people call it the manifestation of the Spirit. It's not a manifestation of the Spirit. It's a reaction to the Holy Spirit. And people react to the Holy Spirit different than other people. And I don't even agree with the way some people react. Amen. But I want the genuine and the true and the real Holy Spirit. And even though there's some flaky and weird and strange and crazy things that go on in the name of the Holy Spirit, let's not throw out the baby with a bath water. Amen. Let us ask the Lord for another outpouring of His Holy Spirit. A genuine heartfelt move of the Spirit of God in our hearts, in our lives and in our church. I'm not interested in mere hype and emotionalism. I've seen more than my share of that. Amen. I'm looking for that which is truly supernatural. I'm not impressed with a learned and a mimicked behavior. And we have got that in, 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 in the Pentecostal church today. A learned and mimicked behavior. That's not what I'm looking for today. I'm looking for a genuine manifestation of the Spirit. Amen. I'm looking for God to do something supernaturally. Not somebody learn how to do something, but God to do something in His sovereignty. 
Zechariah 4 and 6 says, Not by might or power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Acts 2, it says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, say suddenly. Ah, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Oh, for the winds of the Holy Spirit to blow around here. Friend, hear me. Lest you forget today, we are spirit-filled believers. We believe that the Holy Spirit is what accompanied uh, uh, him and what accompanied him in the book of Acts is still available to us today. Not only are we saints and sanctified and spirit-filled, lest you forget, we're also scripturally principled. We are scripturally principled. Our actions and our beliefs are based upon holy scriptures. We are people of the word. People of the word. Let me uh, encourage you to do three things with scripture. Number one, this morning, hear it. Hear it. Pour the Word of God into your life. Read it. Listen to it on CD. Get yourself under good, anointed, solid uh, Bible preaching and teaching. Romans 10 and 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But not only ought we to hear it, but then we also need to heed it. A lot of you come here every Sunday morning or two or three Sunday mornings out of the month and hear the Word of God. You've heard the Word of God, but do you heed the Word of God? James 1 and 22, be doers of the Word and not merely hearers. Friend, if you would heed the Word that you hear, your life would be much better. I'm telling you, if you'd come every Sunday morning and come every Wednesday night and take notes, amen, and then put into practice the Word of God, the principles of the Word of God that are taught, and begin to live out those principles, I'm telling you, life as it is at your house would become better. Pastor, it seems that you say some of the same things over and over and over again. If you would heed what you have heard, we could go on to something else. Jesus continually said, again I say unto you. And Jesus will keep on saying it and he'll keep having his preachers keep saying it until we get it, until we start Living it. But not only should we hear the word, not only should we heed the word, we should also, number three, we ought to hallow the word. Oh, Psalm 119 and 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Oh, the word should not only be in our head, it ought to also get down into our heart. We ought to hallow or cherish the word of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 37 and 31, the law of his God is in his heart. Oh, none of his steps will slide. Talking about lest you forget today. And lest you forget, I'm reminding you of three things. Number one, who we are. The second thing I want to remind you of today, and that is why we are here. We need to be reminded why we're here. This is one of the great questions of life. Why am I here? Let me tell you this morning as the people of God, let me suggest a few reasons why we are not here. First of all, this morning, we're not here to fit in. We are not here to fit in. Friend, if you fit in in this society, you are not truly born again. Wow, that's quite a statement. But I back it up with the Word of God, John 15 and 19. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. 
But because you are not of this world, because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You see, friend, when you stand up for what the Word says, you will immediately find yourself in direct opposition to what mainstream society wants and promotes. You will find yourself extremely unpopular with the majority in this world who marches to a totally different drum. Friend, God did not place us on planet earth to fit in. Number two, we're not here to accumulate wealth. We're not here to get rich. Society today teaches us to get all that we can and then to can all that we get and then by all means we better guard that can. A bank in California had a commercial that said come in and open a cravings account. A commercial for a credit card company today says I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth where where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, He said, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And where your treasure is there, your heart will also be. Let me tell you another reason why we are not here this morning. We're not here to outdo everybody else. We have not been placed here to outdo everyone else. The spirit of competition has totally consumed our society. In fact, now second place has come to be known as the first loser. I mean, if you ain't number one, you ain't nothing. You're a loser. Well, society says the only one can only be one number one. A whole lot of losers running around. Everything got to be bigger and better, new and improved. Oh, the salesman has to sell more this month than he did last month. And oh, the kid in school must make better grades this semester than he did last. And it's even infiltrated into the church when we try and outdo ourselves and outdo everybody else. How the attendance this year has to be greater than last year. The offering this year must be greater than the offering last year. Friend, lest you forget this morning, let me remind you we why we are here. And it's not to fit in. And it's not to accumulate wealth. And it's not to outdo each other. Let me give you three reasons why we're here today. Number one, we're here to represent Christ. Represent Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. We are ambassadors for Christ. Now, an ambassador is one who represents another. And we have been called by God to represent Christ. How many understand that when God wants to speak to somebody, He uses somebody else's mouth? And when God wants to comfort somebody, He uses somebody else's arms? And when God wants to supply somebody's need, He uses somebody else's wallets? Why are we here today? We are here to represent Christ. Amen. We are His ambassador. We are His representative. We are Christ today. We are His representative. Number two, we're also here today to reach our destiny. Reach our destiny. Jeremiah 29 11, God said, I know the plans I have for you. Oh, I've got plans for you, the Lord said. Plan to prosper you. Oh, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. God says He's got a plan for our life. That all of us have a destiny, a preordained plan. 
You know, man loves to categorize things. You know, this is big and this is small and this is special and this is common and this is important but this is not. But that's not the way God is. It's not the way it is with God. To God, it all boils down to obedience and faithfulness. There's no big ministry and little bit ministry with God. There's not anything that's important and non-important to God. What's important to God is, are we faithful? What's important to God? Are we in obedience? Are we fulfilling our destiny? Are we fitting into the plan that He has for our life? Jesus would leave the multitude. He'd leave the crowd and go home with one sinner. Jesus praised the little woman who gave the least in the offering. But Jesus said she gave the most. Because he didn't count how much it was. He counted how much she had left. Philip was told to to leave a mighty revival in in a city and go to a desert. And there would only be one man there for him to minister to. Friend, your your destiny might seem grand and spectacular or it might seem very calm and very ordinary. Oh, you might be called upon to become, oh, the next Billy Graham. Or you might be called upon to be the mother of three snotty-nosed kids. But to God, what matters is obedience and faithfulness. In the parable of the talents, notice that Jesus didn't say, Well done, thou grand and glorious servant. No, he said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Friend, lest you forget why we are here, let me remind you, we are here to represent Christ. We are here to reach our destiny. And number three this morning, we are here to reproduce ourselves. Genesis 1 and 28, God said to man, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Friend, not only ought we reproduce other flesh, but we also ought to be reproducing our ideals and our life principles and our way of doing things. I like what John Maxwell says. John Maxwell says that, that true success produces a successor. True success Produces a successor. Somebody said aspire to inspire before you expire. Let me ask you this morning. Will you take everything with you when you go to your grave? Will there be anything that will live on after you die? Are you pouring your life into anyone so that your life can live on through them? Moses had a Joshua. Elijah had an Elisha. Jesus had the twelve. Paul had a Timothy. Friend, lest you forget why you are here. You're here to represent Christ. You're here to reach your God-ordained destiny. You're here to reproduce yourself. Lest you forget today, I'm reminding you of three things. Who you are. Why you are here. The third thing I want to remind you of this morning, and that is where you are going. Where you're going. You know, people that are about my age or older remember growing up on heaven songs. How many remember? Wave at me. if you're, You remember growing up on heaven songs. And nearly every other song in church that we sang was about heaven, especially on Sunday night. Man, we let our hair down on Sunday night. Just about every other song is about heaven. Songs like when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Oh, how beautiful heaven must be. Mansion over the hilltop. Won't it be wonderful there, having no burdens to bear. 
joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Won't it be wonderful there? Oh, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Oh, Oh, the glory landway. I'm in the way. Yeah, and I wish you'd get out of the way. Amen. I'm in the way. The bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land way. I remember over 30 years ago now, I was on the evangelistic field. My wife and I and Chad was just a little bitty boy. We traveled in a 27-foot travel trailer. and Preached revivals. They were Sunday through Friday back in the day. And I'd do a Sunday through Friday and then we'd move our trailer somewhere across the state and start again Sunday morning and start again and go Sunday through Friday. And then we'd move our trailer again on Saturday and we'd move again somewhere and we'd preach Sunday through Friday and have revival. You know, the old timers like to talk about, you know, the wonderful hymns of the church. The only criticism I have about is why did we only know 30 of them? I mean, there's 400 in the glorious hymns of glorious praise. There's 400 of them, but we only sang 30. Come on. I'll never forget, my wife and I just came back from six weeks of revival, Sunday through Friday, every night, six weeks of revival. I preached a Sunday. I had the rest of the week off. So Monday night, there was a youth rally. I hadn't, hadn't been in church since yesterday, so I, I go to the youth rally. Now remember, well, I'm talking 30 plus years ago, so, but I remember walking into that youth rally. I didn't hardly know anybody there, and I went in there, and I, I, did, I did know one preacher, and I, I told the preacher, I said, I'm a prophet. He said, what? I said, I'm a prophet. He said, you are? I said, yeah, I'm going to prophesy and tell you what's going to happen today in this, in this rally tonight. He said, oh, yeah? I said, yeah, I'll tell you what's going to happen. I said, we're going to sing just over in the glory land tonight. He said, you leading the singing? I said, no. But we're going to sing just over in the glory land tonight. He said, we are. I said, yeah. Not only are we going to sing just over in the glory land, but we're going to repeat the fourth verse. (laughs) Remember, I'd been in revival for six weeks in, in a row. Six different places. I had some things to base my prophecy on. He said, really? I said, yeah. So the song leader gets up. Had song leaders back in the day. He got up. Third song. Turned the page so and so. Just over in the glory land. Preacher looked at me like, pretty good. And he sang all four verses and the chorus and sat down. Preacher looked at me like, eh, 50-50 ain't bad. Wait a minute. I promise you, if I'm lying, I'm dying. The youth director gets up. And he said, did you notice the words of that fourth verse? It's awesome. you got to stand. we got to sing that fourth verse over again tonight. <laughs> We've come from singing about heaven and preaching about heaven and talking about heaven to totally ignoring heaven. It seems that one must attend a funeral these days to hear anyone say anything about heaven. But lest you forget this morning, let me remind you this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. 
Friend, lest you forget, let me remind you of where we are going. We are not born for this world, but we're born for another world. We're going someplace. We're going to an incredible place called heaven. Let me very quickly this morning just tell you five things about heaven. Number one, it's a place of recognition. It's a place of recognition. Friend, we're not going to just be some type of disembodied spirits floating around in the cosmos. No, my friend, heaven is a real place where real people will live and serve. Jesus said in John 14, In my Father's house are many mansions. He said, If it were not true, I would have told you. He said, I, I, I go to prepare a place for you. And He said, If I go to prepare a place for you, I'm coming again. I'm going to receive you unto myself. And where I am there, you may be also. Oh, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13 and 12, speaking of heaven, he said, There I shall know as I also am known. Friend, as I am and have been. Michael Don Benson for the last 54 years, so I will continue to be. Michael Don Benson in that glorious place called heaven. It is a place of recognition. We're going to know as we are known. Not only a place of recognition, it's also a place of reverence. Oh, a place of reverence. Oh, my friend, oh, oh, what worship there will be in heaven. I said, what worship there will be in heaven. Oh, the biggest fight in the church today is over worship. It's over worship. It's over style. You've heard me say it. I'll say it again. Friend, if you can't worship with contemporary worship, shame on you. If you can't worship with the old time traditional worship, shame on you. Because it's not about style. It's not about preference. It's not about what I like or don't like. Amen. It's about Him. Well, give the Lord a shout of praise. You know it's true. Let me tell you, friend, if you get bored with worship, you might ought to make other plans. I said, if you get bored with worship, you might ought to make other plans. Amen. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Skipping down to verse 8, the four living creatures each have six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They cast their thrones before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things, and by Your will they exist and were created. Friend, heaven is a place of reverence. Oh, what worship. Oh, what praise there's going to be when we bow before the presence of God. Amen. And worship and praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. It's a place of rejoicing. Psalm 16 and 11 said, In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. 
more. Oh, friend, gloom and doom and despair and depression will not be found in heaven. Revelation 21 and 4. God wipes away every tear from their eye. No more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. No more pain for the former things have passed away. It is going to be a place of rejoicing. Amen. It's not a place for sourpuss Christians. It's not a place for the critical saint. Amen. It's a time, amen, when we rejoice and be exceedingly glad in the presence of God. Friend, not only is it a place of recognition, a place of reverence, and a place of rejoicing, it's a place of responsibility. Some of you got the wrong thinking about heaven. You think that heaven is just this big giant retirement center. Amen. You think that all heaven is is just this big old retirement resort. Heaven is not a permanent retirement resort. Friend, it has always been God's plan and it always will be God's plan that man work. Man worked before the fall in the garden. He worked after. And man will work in heaven. Some of you don't want to go now. Man will work in heaven. We will have assignments. We will have places of authority. We will have places of responsibility. The good news is we're not going to get tired. The good news is we're not going to get weary. The good news is we're not going to get bored. I don't have the time this morning. My time is up to go into detail. But the word talks about the millennial or thousand year reign of Christ. The Bible says that we are going to rule and reign with him. Jesus taught us through parables about responsibility. Said some of you are going to rule over ten cities. And some are going to rule over five cities. And some of you are going to be sweeping the city. But not only will heaven be a place of recognition, reverence, rejoicing, and responsibility, but friend, it's going to be a place of reward. Jesus said in Matthew 10 and 42, Whoever gives even a cup of cold water to him who is thirsty, he will in no wise lose his reward. He said in Luke 6 and 23, Great is your reward in heaven. Hear me, saints of God. God is keeping a record. Oh, friend, for every tear you ever shed, for every prayer you ever prayed, for every dime you ever gave, for every good deed you ever did. Uh, for every encouraging word you ever spoke. For every temptation you ever resisted. Friend, for every time you turn the other cheek. Friend, for every church work day uh, that you work, there will be a reward. And I'm even asking God for a special reward for the landscape committee. Amen. I'm telling you that heaven is going to be a place of reward. What an awesome and incredible place that's going to be. We need to be reminded we're going somewhere. Worship team, and get back in place this morning. Friend, lest you forget it, I've reminded you today of three things. I've reminded you of who we are. Don't forget who we are. Don't forget who we are. Oh, don't forget why we are here. Oh, if we will allow ourselves, we can get caught up in the spirit of the age, which is, which is polar opposite to what God has intended for our life, friend. Why we are here. Amen. And where we are going. Let's never lose hope, friend. Let's never lose sight of the place. Amen. We're not home yet. We're not home yet. There's a, there's a land beyond the blue. Amen. There's a land beyond the sky. There is a heaven. Amen. There is a reward coming. There is a, a, an eternity. Amen. Things are not going to be like this forever. There's good things coming our way. Why don't we stand and give the Lord a shout of praise in the house today. Can we give the Lord a standing ovation today? Hallelujah. 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 
Oh, aleluia, 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 aleluia. 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 Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning. I said we're going somewhere. We're going one or two places. Don't hear much talk about heaven today. Don't hear any talk at all about the other place. Unless somebody's swearing. But there's still a heaven to gain. There's still a hell to shine. We're going to heaven if we're prepared. We're going to heaven if we've admitted that we're lost and we can't save ourselves. We're going to heaven if we believe that Jesus died on the cross and did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We're going to heaven if we've confessed our sin and we've confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. If we haven't done those things, we're not going to heaven. I know that's not politically correct, but it's biblically correct. Have you made preparation? Are you ready to go to that land beyond the blue? If not, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get ready. And get prepared today. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. And nobody's leaving. Nobody's looking about. Just for a couple of moments this morning, if you're not 100% sure that you're prepared to go to heaven, you're not 100% sure. But you want to be 100% sure. Just lift your hand this morning. Let me pray with you today. I won't single you out. I won't make you come down. I won't, I won't embarrass you in any way. But I will lead you in a prayer that if you'll pray from your heart and mean it, you'll prepare yourself for heaven. Can I see your hand this morning? Anyone in this room, I'm not 100% sure of my preparation. God bless you too. You may put your hands down now. Thank you so much. Anyone else this morning? I'm not 100% sure that I'm prepared today. All right, these two that lifted their hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me out loud this morning. I'm not going to make you pray it by yourself. I'm going to ask everyone to join me in this prayer to make it easier on them. You can fault me if you want. You can correct it in your own church if you want. I just like to make it as easy as I can to get people to Christ. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but... I just want to make it as easy as I can to get people to Christ. Pray this prayer with me. Pray it from your heart and not just from your lips. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I can't save myself. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you did for me what I could never do for myself. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I confess my sin. I turn from my sin. I ask Jesus Christ into my heart and my life 
I ask you to change me from the inside out. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it this morning, the Lord has come into your heart. He's forgiven you of your sin, prepared you to go to heaven. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise in this house today? If you prayed that prayer this morning, you meant it. Let me tell you what else you need to do. You need to tell somebody today. Tell somebody today what you did. Tell somebody today what you did. You need to get baptized in water. and We'd be happy to baptize you in water. You need to get plugged into a local church. You need to read the Bible every day. Just a few minutes every day. Start in the book of John. Get you an easy to read Bible. I don't care if it's third grade level. I'd rather you read a third grade level Bible than have the King James Version sitting on your uh, dresser never read. Read it. Come to church. Let God lead you and direct you and guide you. Amen. If you don't have a church home, we'd love to make you to make this your church home. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me remind you, if you're a guest, to go by the Welcome Center on your way out this morning. There's coffee out there if you'd like some coffee today. Remind you, 5 o'clock is...